morning. So they didn't say also what happened in pre-service prayer was they prayed against the heresy that I was about to just to put forth. So that that takes care of four pages of my notes right there. So, you know, like they say on our conference calls at work, okay, uh, nobody else has anything else to say. I'm going to give you back 20 minutes of your time. So thank you. Thank you for those words of correction. <laughs> All right. I really want this to end on a high. That is not my gifting. <laughs> so I'm going to do my best, but you people are going to have to help pull. <laughs> so, <clears throat> as you know, you know, we've been in a series for quite a few Sundays now talking about the fruit of the Spirit. Okay, you got to make sure. My, my wife is doing the slides. You know, I usually don't even have slides because to me, they, you know, I can't, I can't walk and chew gum. You know, so if I'm looking at the slide, I'm like, oh, slide. Then hmm. I should be talking to, to the slide. Anyway, you know, we've been in, in the series about the fruit of the Spirit. And, you know, I, and it's, been, it's been helpful for me. You know, every, everybody's uh, messages about it and, and so forth. You know, so so now it's, it's my turn to throw in my two cents on the what what I think is the oddball of the group, but we'll get that into in, in a minute. <coughs> so I, I want to start off with just a little little Florida history. Anybody else from Florida in here? <laughs> you, you you don't no no. So anyway, you know, Florida, as, as you know, one of the things Florida's known for. You know, is, is its is its citrus industry, and and you know oranges, grapefruits, lemons, you know, all of it. What slide do we have? Okay, there we go. So, you know, in Claremont, Florida, you know, this was a this was one of these pre-Disney Florida attractions. You know, it's on U.S. Highway 27, which cuts right through the middle of the state, and you would come along to this citrus tower and it's still there and you know the the attraction was as you can see in that picture you know you go up you know into the tower you know to the observation deck and you would go up and and you could see it's like going to the Empire State Building in Manhattan only in Florida and you would see you know the the for miles around the citrus groves and it it, it was beautiful. I mean, it's absolutely, it was beautiful. You know, there is nothing like when, when the orange blossoms were, were coming out. You, could, you would drive through here, and the, the aroma of those blossoms was just amazing. Because, I mean, it was thick. So, you know, but what happened in 1989, you know, it, you know, this happens occasionally in Florida. It does get cold. So in 89, I was, I don't know, three or four years already working for the power company. And a massive freeze came through Florida. 
and it was Christmas. Now, Florida, everybody dreams of it being cold on Christmas. They want it cold on Christmas because the rest of the United States is cold. You know, you don't get snow in Florida. You barely even get the leaves changing. You know, so people in Florida are like, yay, it's going to be cold on Christmas. You know, and because I, I went swimming on Christmas before, I'm telling you. You know, and it's kind of just a letdown when, when, you know, all the Christmas shows have snow and ice and, you know, and all that. So, the you know, in, across the peninsula, if you can picture in your mind the, the peninsula of Florida, you know, there's kind of like a, a I'll, I'll call it a meteorological line, you know, that used to cut across the state. And, you know, and they, they didn't grow citrus above that line you know, because of the, of the freeze potential. So what happened in 89 is that line moved way south. And it took out all those trees that you see there around that citrus tower, gone. You know, now, you go there now, you drive through there, like I said, the tower is still there. But you can go, go up in it, and all you're going to see for miles is houses. You know, because Orlando has spread west, you know, and the, the suburbs have just taken over. And it's really sad, you know, because that was a beautiful part of Florida. You know, now you go, you know, about 30 minutes south of there, you pick up the orange groves again. You know, but it's, it's, it's never, it never recovered to what it was, you know, because nobody was going to, Nobody was going to go back and put all those groves back in service because you're saying, why are you wasting my time with this? This is the first time that I learned how citrus is, is, is grown, propagated. And, you know, because, and I, I never know, had known this before, the, they take, uh, they take a, a root ball of a citrus tree, but it's bitter. And to, to do it properly, they take a graft from a sweet orange tree and they graft it, you know, to the trunk of that bitter orange tree. And I, I know this, you know, like I said, because of the, the destruction, you know, an explanation of why these groves couldn't, couldn't come back, you know, because it was just going to take so, so much time, so long for that to happen. You know, because what happens in that freeze, you know, you could have a perfectly beautiful orange tree producing delicious fruit. And it goes through a hard freeze like that. If it freezes below that graph line on that tree, it's over. Now, what can happen, and there was a tree like this in the neglected yard on our street. The house sat vacant, and there was this orange tree in it. And every year it had more oranges than you could count. Just beautiful, full tree. You go up and grab a piece of that fruit, and I've done it. And you tear into it, and it's the most bitter, acidic thing you've ever put in your mouth. It looks perfect. You know, you look at it and you go, how can this not be delicious? And you take a bite and it's just as nasty. It makes your gums want to suck your teeth back up. 
You know, it's, it's that, you know, that tin, tune on tinfoil thing, you know, that just makes everything in you shake. You know, it's, it's awful. It's horrible. You know, and I think I know this because, you know, I had an older brother and I think he liked to play that, hey, taste this game, you, you know. You know, which, by the way, Hershey's cocoa powder does not taste like a Hershey's chocolate bar. Just FYI, if you've never, if you've never experienced that. <laughs> so, you know, the tree, the tree becomes worthless. You know, all those trees, you know, some, some came back, like I said, they came back, and it looked like they were producing fruit again, but most of them just stayed dead. And, you know, it, it was really, it was really sad. You know, that there's two scriptures that come to mind when I, when I think of that. You know, in Hebrews 12, 15, you know, it talks about, see to it that no one misses the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up. I thought, ooh. And then, of course, you know, scripture, you know, there's a reference to fruit just about on every other page in the New Testament. You know, but even Jesus, you know, every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. You know, not not just produce bad fruit, you know, does not bear good fruit. And, you know, and like I said, I'm a downer. Uh, this is <laughs> So to me, sweet fruit is proven fruit. You know, just based on that experience I had you know with the orange trees you know as long as that as long as that fruit was never tested never tasted good to go fine looks beautiful and we we can have bad fruit but if we avoid the scrutiny and thus never being exposed but that's the lie and you know and this isn't the the main point of this but also in Galatians you know where we're talking about this fruit you know, it talks about, you know, God God is not mocked. You, you know, we're not you can you can pretend all day that your fruit is great, but you know, some some point somebody's gonna come along and do a taste test. You know, I, I envisioned and this is my children's book idea for the day, so nobody nobody steal it. You know, I thought about two you know, the tale of two trees. You know, two trees you know, were planted along a path. And the one tree bid passersby, come and eat. And the other one was always, come and look, but don't touch. You know, isn't that great? Wouldn't that be a great children's book? Not a tale of two cities. <laughs> it was the best of times. It was the worst of times. So, Josh said something a few weeks ago that I, I'm th I think, and you, you may not even remember this, and it, to me it was one of the most profound things I've ever heard him say. And he has said some profound stuff. <laughs> that has never come out of his mouth. But he, he, it was during a communion intro, and he talked about, you know, having, you know, the, the true taste of communion versus the imaginary taste. You remember? 
you, you need to do a whole message about this. <clears throat> because, you know, we, we live, if we, if we live with that imaginary taste, with the deception that that's the real one, you know, we will never know the, the truth. We'll never know the goodness of, of what's, what's real. And that's, you know, with, uh, with unproven fruit, I think that's where we are, you know, because the, the, the bad tree that looked beautiful, you know, we can have the imaginary taste of that tree and walk in, in deception when it's, not, when it's not good. I have a joke, you know, that I've, I've said several times, and Pam and I have talked about this a couple weeks ago. Because I, I brought it up again, how, how I don't think everybody, anybody's ever gotten my joke, which is fine. I'm, I'm used to it. But, huh? Well, I will. <laughs> you know, th my joke was, y you know, I, you know, I, I was I was 45, you know, when when I married Pam, and first first marriage, and for both of us. Right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Didn't know if there's anything I needed to know. <laughs> you, you know, and I, I would make, I may have made this joke, and I, I've seen it on, because I've made it to you people before, some of you, and I've, I've seen your faces, and I thought they didn't get my joke. <laughs> and, you know, and my joke was, and it's not really a punchline, it's just more of a little stupid statement. You know, before before I was married, you know, I had a lot of years of singleness and living by myself. And, you know, before I met Pam, I was the most kind, the most generous, the most selfless human being that's ever walked the earth. So, are you with me? So, you know, I told Pam, I reminded her of that joke, and she goes, yeah, I remember you saying that joke. <laughs> you know, because it was a dig at me. And I was like, no, no, no. That, it was a dig at me. You know, because here I lived in this imaginary world in my own home where I was the greatest human ever. <laughs> because there was nobody to challenge me, nobody to put the mirror up, and I'm a jerk, <laughs> evidently, is <laughs> admit, admitting you have a problem. So, we come to self-control, you know, we, we, this list is, is butchered, We're, there's no in order here. You know, Josh has taken all the good ones for himself and Christmas. <laughs> you know, and the, the rest of us are, are stuck with the tough ones. <laughs> you know, because I'm like, self-control? Why? You know, I and I volunteered for this one, you know, so I'm not, it wasn't, here, Brant, you're doing self-control, and you're going to like it. <laughs> you know, I, I'm like, man, I, I'm the last guy you know, the, to talk about this, I think. But anyway, you know, self-control is that, is that fruit, you know, that you come to at the end of that list and you go, what? You know, because as the, if you visualize, you know, the camera panning on a table that's just full 
of fruit. You know, you got grapes and pears and watermelon and bananas. And all of a sudden, you come to the tomato. <laughs> That's how I view self-control. Is it a fruit or a vegetable? You know, because it's like, why, why is this, you know, self-control just, you know, it doesn't seem to, you know, because everything else is just so beautiful and delicious. And, you know, and self-control is like, what? Now I got to work? Now I got, you know, it's like, well, you know, let's, let's, let's see where we go with this. It's just, it's just the odd to me. So, you know, Luke talked, you know, when he, he, he opened up, didn't, were you the first? Anyway, in your message, you know, you talked about, you know, one of your bidding in statements, even though your, your the gift you didn't, the fruit you were talking about wasn't love. You talked about love being the first and how it kind of, you know, covers over. You know, I, I view self-control as the bookend, the other bookend. You know, and sometimes it, it's it's the book that's laying flat, you know, that keeps the others upright on the bookshelf. This is good stuff. I, you people aren't taking notes. <laughs> what? No. <laughs> I'm teasing. I wouldn't either. <clears throat> so what 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 I'm gonna what we're gonna talk about? We're gonna look at it. You know what self control is not, or at least not what I'm going to talk about. It's not self-will. It's not self-discipline. It's not, you know, all I got to do is work harder, try harder, pray harder, sing harder, louder. You know, it, it's not that. That's not where we're headed with this. It's, it's what we do, you know, when our, when our fruit is tested. And I'm going I'm to give you a secret, a life secret here. Nothing tests your fruit like a trip to the DMV. Because <laughs> as, as I was starting the, the notes for this a few weeks ago, I had to make three trips to the DMV to get something straightened out. And now as I was standing there shaking, ma'am, you, you've told me, the last lady told me, you, you know, and I'm like, okay, here we go. <laughs> fruit of the Spirit, Brent, fruit of the Spirit. And then after this week, you know, the other thing is nothing, nothing tests fruit like an election season. <laughs> you know, as, as everybody's, at least for me, my viewpoint is tied up in knots. You know, I thought, oh, here I go, you know. Self-control, you know, after a week like this. But I'm not going to try to define it. You know, I, I, did, I did look it up. I did do some due diligence and try to dive in. And there's the, I'm, I'm not a, I have no training in, in looking up Greek words other than I can look it up and go, yeah, that looks like a Greek word. And this is what it says that Greek word means. You know, but outside of that, I, I, I don't have a clue. You know, so I thought, well, I'm not, I'm not going to go to that point, you know. So what I'd like to do is just take it in context as as it's in the book of Galatians itself. You know, just pretty much stay in Galatians here. So in Galatians, and this was another, you know, <clears throat> the first title I thought of the message was, you know, 
self-control, fruit or vegetable. The second one is, you know, in my best Sean Connery voice, shaken, not stirred. Because I'm no, I'm no New Testament scholar, but if you start reading Galatians, <clears throat> this is nothing but conflict in this book. I mean, it's, it's if, if you go front to back, you, you know, there's, there's some things going on here that Paul is trying to straighten out. You know, he's trying to bring clarity. He's trying to bring some, you know, apostolic uh, correction to and whatnot. There's some conflict going on here. You know, and what it, the basis, basic gist of it is, you know, there were people called Judaizers that were coming in and stirring up trouble amongst the believers. You know, and Paul's trying to straighten this out. You know, now there's there's two things, that, you know, it's all about circumcision. And I'm like, oh, whew. you know, that's one of my questions when I get to heaven is, is it circumcision? <laughs> that's that's what you came up with. <laughs> <coughs> you know, one time, you know, I grew up in the in the Southern Baptist Church and, you know, they had the boys group called the Royal Ambassadors, you know. They did all the, you know, was the, the Christian Boy Scouts, right? And we were sitting there one night, and the the predetermined scripture reading, you know, out of our little book, you know, had something to do with circumcision. And I, I was probably 10 or 11, I guess, then. And, you know, our our leader, you know, he, he was a farmer, hunter. I mean, not not squeamish, not, you know. We read that about circumcision and you know one of the younger boys asked well what is circumcision and he sat there and he's like well it's um it's um it's um brant you tell him <laughs> and i was like huh <laughs> no sir ain't touching so you know that that's that's the subject of the of the moment but again that's not that's not where I'm going to go with this. Just just the fact that there is trouble, that there's trouble here. And I'm not going to get into this whole law versus, y- you know, grace thing, you know, that, you know, Paul's, Paul irons out here, and it's, it's solid. And be, because to me, that's one of those things that, that one minute I, I understand, oh, I got that, I understand that, and then the next minute I don't, you know, but... Anyway, I want to see how, you know, how we are, you know, to act and react, you know, when confronted with things that stir us up. Because it starts off chapter chapter 1, verse 7, you know, right off the bat. You know, he says, evidently some people are throwing you into confusion and are trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. I mean, he, he makes it clear why, why he's writing at the, at the, at the get-go. You know, and it's, you know, that that throwing you into confusion. You know, some some translations will have stirring up, you know, and it's it's a <clears throat> it's a you know, you're stirring up trouble, you know, is, is what it's is what it means. You know, that and that's the that's the Greek I tried to look up and uh, <laughs> you know, there, there's just a lot of nuance to that. You know that that's that's easy to understand, but but hard for me to articulate. 
but you know, there's also language in here that that tells us you know this is a planned effort this is this is not just something that started you know there there were people that were doing this on purpose you know to to go in and stir up these these new believers you know many many instances you know you read through acts you know where the apostles were in a city preaching you know, and the people who didn't like it, you know, it would describe them as stirring up the crowds, you, you know, and get, get everybody worked up and into a frenzy and, you, you know, ag against the apostles or whatnot. So that, that's, that's the connotation that I get from this, you know, this stirring up. You know, it, it's done for no other reason than to cause trouble and to bring division. It's, you know... Well, anyway, let's just go into Galatians. Now, I'm going to do something, too, that I've never done before. I've, I've gotten a copy of this, uh, this New Testament translation that's N.T. Wright. And I, I'm, really in, I'm really liking it. You know, so, you know, I'm usually in my NIV. But, but for this, I, you know, he, he, he uses some, some better, better terms and things. So... I want to just jump, you know, we're just going to skip like a rock skipping on the water. We're going to skip through Galatians. So on 4, chapter 4, 4 through 20. What does that look like? Stand by. Oh man! <laughs> I did use number fourteen font on my notes. Thank you, Tabby. You're not helping me find my scripture. Okay, there it is. You know, Paul. You know, after after a while, you know, he, he comes to him. He's like, "What? What has happened? What's happened to the blessing you had then?" You know, of course, there's some background here before you. He said, yes, I can testify that you would have torn out your eyes if you'd been able to and given them to me. So I've become your enemy by telling you the truth. You know, so the, these, the, the stirring up, you know, was, was catching people. You know, people were getting caught up in this, in this stirred up. You know, and he, he's like, what, what, is, what has happened? You know, where's your joy? You, you know, where, where, what, what's going on? He's like, in one minute, you're, you know, I came to you with my infirmity, and you would have torn out your eyeballs. There's a lot of mutilation in this book. You would have torn out your eyeballs. You know, now, what? And it's, he, he's, he's kind of dumbfounded. He, he doesn't know, you know, what, what's going on. So again, in, in, in chapter 5, 10 and 12, I'm persuaded in the Lord that you won't differ from me on this, but the one who is troubling you will bear the blame, whoever he may be. As for me, my dear family, if I'm still announcing circumcision, why are pe people still persecuting me? If I were the scandal of the, if I were the scandal of the cross, would have been neutralized. 
if only those who are making trouble for you would cut the whole lot off. That's some rough language. I mean, if you realize what he's talking about, <laughs> it's, I mean, that's not, this is not chicken soup for the soul stuff here. <laughs> <coughs> You know, 19, starting in 19. Now the works of the flesh are obvious. They are such things as fornication, uncleanness, licentiousness, idolatry, sorcery, hostilities, strife, jealousies, bursts of rage, selfish ambition, factiousness, divisions, moods of envy, drunkenness, wild partying, and similar things. <laughs> I told you before, and I tell you again, people who do such things will not inherit the kingdom. You know, this is this is the where where this the stirring up, you know, comes from. You know, these these works of the flesh. And then we get to verse twenty six, and it's like we shouldn't we shouldn't be conceited, vying with one another and jealous of each other. I think the NIV talks about, you know, saying becoming conceited and, and provoking one another. And, you know, I, I would just, a, just a minute on that, that provoking part, you know, because I, I know I, I provoke my wife out of, out of pure orneriness. Sometimes I, I just can't help it. You know, she just sits there so angelic. <laughs> and I, I come along with my little devil pitchfork, you know, I'm like, boink, boink, you know, until until I get the reaction I want, and then I move on. <clears throat> you know, and then she's mad, and I'm like, well, baby, I just wanted the reaction. That's, you know, that that, that just makes me feel good when I get that that reaction. Works, you know, just does wonders for our marriage. But that provoking, you know, you know, some some believe that they 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 um, you, you know they have it within them the power to you know to to provoke. I'm here to provoke, you know, things. And I, I just this is real quick side note. I, the way I can tell, you know, if it's a good provoking versus a bad provoking is the tools that are used. If there's if there's fear, if there's guilt, if there's shame, then that is not the right provocation. So anyway, that's free. So in chapter 6, verse 3, he says, If you think you're something when you are not, you deceive yourself. Every one of you should test your own work, and you will have reason to boast of yourself, not of somebody else. Each of you, you see, will have to carry your own load. You know, th the fruit has to be tested. Has to be tested. Other otherwise, you're just that, you know, that tree that's sitting there that looks good and, you know, is, is useless. And, you know, but then you can boast. You know, and you're like, boast? I'm not supposed to boast. That's a, that's a pride thing. 
I can't, you know, am I allowed to do that? In some way, yes. Yes, you are. Because when you pass a test, it's woo-hoo. You know, I made it. I got through that. Seven and eight, don't be misled. God won't have people turning their noses up at him. What you sow is what you'll reap. Yes, if you sow in the field of your flesh, you will harvest decay from your flesh. But if you sow in the field of the Spirit, you will harvest eternal life from the Spirit. Thirteen. You see, even the circumcised ones don't keep the law. Rather, they want you to be circumcised so that they may boast about your flesh. They don't care about you. They only care about their own ideology or their own whatever. And they just stirred you up to get you in their web, you know, so that they can pat themselves on the back and say, you know, look what I've done. I must be a leader. You, you know, when the whole time, it's just rotten. It's just rotten to the core. They do it for some sick control freak thing, and it's demented, and it's it's heartbreaking. I'm sure we've all all been through it. <clears throat> so, at the very end of the book, then, verse 17. You know, Paul says, you know, for, for the rest, let nobody make trouble for me. You see, I carry the marks of Jesus on my body. Now, without getting all mystical, you know, and is that the stigmata, you know, where the, the wounds of Jesus appear? I, I, I'm, not, I'm not qualified to speak to that. What I read here is that Paul has lived it. He has lived it. He has been through the pain of living it out, and he's like, bring it on. You know, you want to cause trouble for me? Step up. Step up to the plate. But he's going to do it with all, you know, all the fruit, you know, as he's been talking about. You know, there's a, there's a way to handle it with the fruit. And that, that's, that, that, to me, is the self-controlled part. So, you know, I get stirred up. I'm quite sure there are s at least one or two of you in here that, you know, get stirred up as well. You know, I, I, have, been, I have been duped by politics. You know, I have voted for people that have stunk. And, you know, and... I don't go into a voting booth anymore without just feeling dirty when I come out. <laughs> you, you know, because there is just blah. And, you know, so I know I've been duped. I've been stirred up, you know, in, in a frenzy to be duped, you know, because they appeal, you know, to something in, in me that I like. You know, have you ever noticed the flyers you get? in the mail at election time, you know. Now, I do have an affiliation. I do have an opinion. I know my neighbor next door to us has the opposite. They're beautiful people. I don't, I'm not saying this to run them down at all. 
But I, I got their mail. They were out of town, and I got their mail, and I noticed the difference in the flyers. Y you know, and, and you're targeted. Whether you know it or not, that machine knows you and knows the buttons to push to get you to be stirred up. And, you know, I, it's, it's a science, you know, and there's a, it's a big money science. Anyway, I've also been stirred up at work. You know, my job in Florida, I used to be in a union. And, you know, there was one year the contract was up for renewal. And, you know, the union stirred us up into a, you know, to vote for, to strike. <coughs> and, you know, of course, I was in there, you know. And, you know, after, after, it, after it passed over, you know, I, I, I learned that our, our union leaders didn't know what they were doing. And we were, you know, we were this close, all of us just losing our jobs. And I went, nah, nah, I just learned a lesson. You know, I am not going to get duped into this again either. You know, I, I've been stirred up in, in ministry. You know, I was, I was born again in the record-burning movement. <laughs> you know, Pam's like, what? You, you know, this doesn't even register to her that that, that kind of thing could even happen. Well, it happened. Well, <clears throat> hearing 80s music, God has blessed me. But, you know, it's like, yeah, why isn't everybody else burning records? You know, I mean, we get on a high horse that everything we believe and that we practice, you know, it should be the same for everybody. And it's, that's, that's not it, you know. We were, we were stirred up into something, you know, that in the end just did not bear the fruit that we all thought it was going to. You know, so what, you know, the question is, what stirs us up and what do we stir up? You, you know, is, you know is, it, is it politics? You know, do we just immerse ourselves in the news of the day? You know, is it, is it our family dramas? Holidays are coming. Are you already mentally, prepare, mentally preparing for, you know, thankfully I, I don't have any problems with, with like that, but I, I know that's not everybody's story. Holidays can bring misery, you know, for families that are, you, you know, that struggle. You know, do we think that our pet cause is the most important cause in the room? You know, do we immerse ourselves in Christian culture and not Christ? You know, are we, do we hop on every bandwagon that comes along and wonder why nobody else gets on? You know, is, is something, does some things, when they happen, when they don't happen exactly how we think it should happen, do we get stirred up? You know, if somebody's not behaving like we think they should behave, do we get stirred up? You know, pet peeves. Good Lord, I've got a list of them. You know, is that what stirs me up? You know, what, how do, you know, self-control keeps these things in check. It helps our fruit. Self-control brings all these things to me in, into the right place and the right balance. You know, it, it brings, it brings Jesus back into the middle of it, you know, so that it's him that we focus on and, and not these things. 
you know, it, it doesn't say to avoid politics. It doesn't say to avoid your family problems, you know, or to avoid your pet peeves, you know. But, hey, here's a mechanism to manage them, you, you know, that keeps the fruit visible. You know, self-control is maybe the less glamorous, you know, of this list of fruit, you know, but it packs a punch. You know, if you, if you go back to the to the series that was going on about parables and Matt's, you know, message about, you know, the soil, you know, self-control is making sure that soil is good. You know, making sure you're at, you're at a place to do good. Do you remember, I, I don't know, I know a lot of you probably have been through the vineyard you know, trainings, and one one of the little, you know, things that is done, you know, to get people to learn how to hear the voice of God is the ask God how much he loves you, or does he love you, and then the second question is how much, and you, you begin to discern and hear the voice of God, you know. You know, that one of the things we, that that should carry on, you know, but also, you know, use the use the prayer out of the Psalms that say, you know, look at me and see if there's any offensive way in me. Or just go to the DMV. <laughs> so like I like I told you at the beginning, I know, you know, I, I get to this part of the message and I'm like, my goodness, Brent, you have put these people into such a funk. <laughs> You know, you don't ever say anything encouraging. You don't ever, you know, I I know this. I, I you know, you know, when it talks about in the New Testament, you know, Barnabas, you know, was also, you know, was known as the encourager or whatever. I'm not Barnabas. <laughs> you know, my wife knows this. You know, encouragement, if you need to bring a room down, I'm your man. But I will say, you know, I do think we know what this feels like, you know, because it, it at one level, it's, it, yeah, it, it may be a little doom and gloomish, you know, the way I present it, but it's, it's not. Because when you, when you get the fullness of Christ, it is immeasurable, the joy. You know, as Paul, you know, like questioned him earlier, where where did your joy go? You know, because, hey, Jesus got out of the center. You know, we got over here instead of looking at Jesus. And if you go back, you know, at least at least for me, I can remember the night I finally had my yes encounter with Jesus. And I walked out of there of that church, a totally different guy than when I walked in. And there was an ability to boast, but not because of anything I did. Because I, I had that feeling that all the weight was gone. I had the feeling of lungs filling up with air. You know, it's like, oh my goodness. And it was amazing. And like I said, the the tools 
God does not use fear. He does not use guilt. He does not use shame. You know, if you feel that, you know, that's, that's again, was what Paul talks about in Galatians. Who cut in on you? You know, that does not come from the one who calls you. And we can have, you know, the, the glorious, dare I say the word feeling, you know, of knowing, you know, that, that we have heaven at our back. It's a spiritual strength that we didn't even know it existed until that point. And we can, we can live out this successfully. And in the end, we can say, as Paul says, in full understanding, bring it on. You want to trouble me? You're going to have to try harder than that. You know, because I know Jesus. And what you're doing ain't Jesus. And now for quite possibly, if you worship team, if you guys want to come back up, for the great, one of the greatest callbacks, you know, ever, and it's here in my notes, uncoordinated, un, um, not coordinated, my ending scripture was, O oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. What was our first song? I nudged, I nudged Pam and showed her my note. I'm like, look here. You know what they say? Blind hog, blind hog finds an acorn every once in a while. Father God, we thank you. Father, we thank you for your power. We thank you for your grace and your mercy. Father, your patience. And I just ask that you just take your words, Holy Spirit, and put them in our hearts. Father, as, as we examine, as we, you know, put the fruit out there, we want to know your opinion. And help us. Help us when, when these things come along, when they come down the path, when they show up in the mailbox. Father, the thing that is meant to just push our button and to get us to react. Father, when we're squeezed, Father, from, from some outward pressure from this world, that the sweetness of your fruit is evident. Father, I ask for you to encourage these people. <laughs> Father, these beautiful people. Father, that deserve your encouragement. I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.